When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. <laughs> so, how was your long weekend? Jeez. <laughs> hi, everybody. And hi, Kat. I I called you on Saturday because I wanted I mean, to check on you and make sure you were okay. Because I saw the shit that I went through and thought, oh, no. Because uh, you were home alone. And, and I thought, I hope she's okay. And I, I called my mom. I called my sister. I called my daughter. And she's not even in Ontario. I don't know why. I was just worried about people. That was a nasty, nasty mm-hmm. storm. It was a nasty storm. I'm, I'm excited for you to tell I'm just because you're fine, which is good. But you have a, quite a story. I know. Um, for me, oh my gosh, it happened so fast. I was at the St. Jacob's Farmer's Market Saturday morning. And I think we can all agree. What a fantastic morning it was. It was a great morning. It was delightful. The sun was shining. It was warmer than I thought it was going to be. Beautiful day to walk around the market. Had a great time. Went and met up with some family members there. It was on my way home. I started to notice, huh, the clouds are getting a little uh, heavier here. Oh, wow. A little gray out there. Got home, though, in time. Weather alert sent to my phone. And thankfully, I had that because I could at least keep an eye on what was happening in my own yard. And sure enough, moments after, like there was not a lot of warning. That was my experience anyway. Mm -hmm. There was not a lot of warning. It was like, boop, boop. And I look at my phone, like severe thunderstorm. Be careful, blah, blah. I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like, oh, really? And then I look at the window and it's like it had gone pitch black. It went from like slightly gray to pitch black. And in came the wind. Whoosh. Like just unbelievable. But we got lucky. I mean, nothing in my area um was was ba- was badly damaged honestly not a lot of down trees and i live there's a the green space right behind me so tons of trees none of them toppled which makes me th- see, feel like maybe that just happened to be one of those areas i got lucky so no damage we're all okay but i got a message almost directly afterwards from my parents and they were like holy moly look what's happening down the road and they sent me this photo of down uh, wires. I mean, you guys have all seen it, right? You've seen it. Same thing goes here. They're off of uh, like the River Road area in Kitchener. And the trees toppled the wires down. They didn't have power for about 12, 13 hours. And they're one of the lucky ones because then there's another area in Cambridge that just got fucking smoked. (laughs) I have friends who still don't have power today. Yeah. Still don't have power. And they're in the Preston area of Cambridge. I I took a drive out there around there yesterday because I had to drop something off to them because I was like, do you need something? So I took a drive down there. And every other street was like, do not, you cannot pass the street. You cannot go here because trees were just toppled and all like the mature uh, areas, if you will, where there's nice big trees toppled, couldn't get past. Crews were working there asses off. And we so appreciate that. But it was insane. And I thought it was just my bubble thing. But then I hop online and I'm looking around and I'm going, holy shit, Ottawa got smoked. You're in Burlington. You got hit hard, too. Yeah, it it was nasty. Uh, You mentioned Cambridge. My mom, dad and sister all live in the same general area. And my mom's patio roof got ripped right off. But that was the extent of the damage there. My sister, who lives just three streets down, trees were knocked down. One of them just missed her car. Power was out. It was really, really bad. And before I tell you about my experience, which was kind of stupid if you think about it, but before I get to that, you said something that's important. We have this emergency alert, alert system, for better or worse, and eventually I did get an alert on the TV. It didn't come up until after the storm had passed, mm. and I got nothing on my actual phone. Really? Did you get an, an actual emergency alert, or did you get like a pop-up from the weather network? It, it, exactly. It was, a, it was a weather network pop-up. It was nothing like that. It wasn't those kinds of alerts. It was a weather network pop-up, and I have it set, and I do, I do encourage anyone who, who's like, oh, you can do that. I do encourage you to do it, because at least you get some heads up. And yeah, it was only like 10 minutes, I think. I had a heads up of 10 minutes. Most people did or didn't have a heads up at all. Had no idea it was going to happen. But even to get that alert 10 minutes before, I was thankful for that because I could I was like, let's stay inside. No one's going outside, guys. We're all staying inside. 
and and it happened. So the Weather Network, shout out to you guys, because at least you gave some heads up. And I know it wasn't like that everywhere, but something is something, you know? Listen, we have 10 people confirmed dead as a direct result of the storm. 10 people Mm. between Ontario and Quebec. And I'm thinking to myself, this was very deadly. Probably billions of dollars in damage. Why was there no emergency alert for that? I, this is one where we absolutely should have had those alerts going out to phones saying threatening weather is approaching. I know this sounds bad. And I don't know how the, the system works at Environment Canada. But do they just not have a lot of people working on the weekends? Did they seriously not know that this was going to be that bad? Because once it got through about the London area is when it really mm-hmm. intensified. At my place... I was sitting in my living room and I just happened to see something out of the corner of my eye from the backyard. So I got up and looked. I have a little cabana and I put a TV out there so I could watch the Jays games in the summer. The TV was on an arm rocking up against the wall of the gazebo. So I was like, hell no. (laughs) That's my money. (laughs) You ain't taking my TV today. If you try to burn money in front of Scott, hell no. Not my TV. Not my TV. So I run out there and I'm literally pushing the TV up against the wall because the wind was just slapping so hard. And as I was holding that up with my other hand, I was trying to reach behind it and unplug it because, well, water and electricity do not mix. But I'm also thinking... Lightning could hit. I could stick my finger in the hole and end up getting a shock. Like, this isn't going to end well. And while I was doing that, it probably looked stupid. And I was home alone at the time. Oh, your girlfriend wasn't there. She'd gone out for breakfast with her friends, which is great. Good for her. I'm glad she got out, but I really could have used a hand at the time. Uh, But as I looked over, I saw my entire patio set. So a chair, an umbrella, sorry, four chairs, an umbrella, and a table. Like it was a toy, just gets swept up and blown right into the pool. It was fucked up, Kat. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything like it. And I've watched all those storm reports, just like you guys have. We see it when there's a hurricane approaching. You you always get like Anderson Cooper standing on the beach saying, it's really fucking windy. (laughs) We know, we know. But I'd never really experienced those winds before. 132 kilometers an hour is hurricane force winds. And God, is it ever powerful. The sheer destruction and damage is nuts. And I feel bad for the people in Uxbridge who got leveled. The people in the Ottawa area, they haven't said one way or the other, but I have to think a tornado touchdown. I Mm -hmm. have to think that it was some sort of rotation in some of those storm cells. I mean, it was purple on the radar. I've never seen purple on the radar in southern Ontario. It was messed up. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, 10 people died. Obviously tragic, sad. I just think that, again, we have to go back and ask ourselves, what are we going to do with this emergency alert system? You know, they fire off an amber alert that everybody gets from something that happened in Manitoba, which doesn't really affect us that much right now. But then we get a storm that kills 10 people and there was nothing. I just don't understand why we couldn't have a little bit more notice for that. But that's a question for the uh, higher ups to address. And I'm sure they will. And when they do, we will let you know. <laughs> Crews are still working their butts off too today. It's insane. Oh, they're going to be at it for a long time. If you're a hydro worker today, hope you had a nice long weekend. No, you, you guys didn't. deserve some time off. You didn't have one. You didn't even have one. <laughs> and we appreciate you though. Um, speaking of people that have been working their butts off, now that May 2-4 weekend is behind us, you education workers can see the light at the end of the Mm -hmm. tunnel. We're like one month to go. Just over a month and school is done for the year. And we talked about this on our radio show today and it occurred to me, this was a fairly straight up normal year. I know that there were uh, debates over masks and the end of the world and blah, blah, blah. But the school stayed open to their credit. And that's amazing. I mean, there was that one little delay coming back from Christmas break for what it ended up being, like five days total. And then kids went back to school. Compared to the year before, this was a fairly normal year. And that's a testament to hard work from the Mm -hmm. teachers and administrators. Yeah, I got to say my experience uh, this year as someone who had their kid in school for the very first time. I mean, my daughter's in JK and I thought, what a year to to start off school. And I mean, the last few years you could have said that. But I'm thinking, okay, I'm expecting a lot of hurdles, a lot of bumps in the road. 
And my experience was fantastic. Just fantastic. So to everybody who made it work, there's only there's still a month to go. So head in the game for a bit. But I understand once June hits, I would be too. Kind of you, you start to kind of lose sight of, oh, yeah, what, well, I'm planning my summer. Leave me alone. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most, most schools are that way anyway. There's a lot of things that we're going to talk about in this episode, and I'm going to kind of blow through a couple of topics. And, and you just tell me if, if we need to spend a little more time on them, because I feel like some deserve more attention than others. We are going to talk a touch about the election coming up. But first, let's get to the most important thing. Sorry, not the most important thing. The most important meal of the day. Breakfast. It's getting stupid now, Kat. We all know that there's a big pissing contest in the breakfast fast food market. Everybody wants your money, your dollars, and they want you at their location. And they'll bring you in daily. Whether it's for the coffee or the food. Taco Bell in America has breakfast, and some of the Taco Bell breakfast menu items are pretty good. This is lazy. Taco Bell is testing a new breakfast item that they call the grilled cheese biscuit. Think of a biscuit like you'd get at Tim Hortons, for example. Yeah, light and fluffy. (laughs) Buttery. (laughs) You know, even if you think that, Go to a Cobbs and then come back and tell me if the right. Tim Hortons one is light and fluffy. Not the same. <laughs> Not the same. Not even close. Yeah. So Taco Bell has this grilled cheese biscuit. And, and like a stoned college kid that only has a microwave or an air fryer, that, that's all they can cook with. It seems like that's what Taco Bell used. Because all they did was take this biscuit and they covered it with three different types of cheese. And I don't mean in it, I mean on it. Mm. Cheddar, mozzarella, pepper jack cheese. Melted over top of a biscuit, they hand it to you and say, enjoy your breakfast. There's your cheese on your, there's your cheese on a bun, basically. But it's literally on top? Okay. What, uh, what the fuck are we eating here? What is that? It's like a pizza. Isn't that like kind of, I don't know, it's not a pizza. It's not a pizza. But... You were going to say pizza, though. It's kind of like a pizza. It's a cheese, and then when you like bake it on top or broil it under that weird fucking red light thing you got going on, whatever it is, I I don't know. Well, I guess options are good. I hadn't thought of that. You're absolutely right. It is like a pizza, except instead of a crust, it's like a tea biscuit. And instead of the regular cheese that you get on pizza, it's cheddar, mozzarella, and pepper jack. It's a lot. Now, that's the first version. The second version, they cut it. And they stick a little round sausage piece in it. And again, it's covered in cheese. How are you supposed to eat that? Are you eating it like grip it from the sides? Because if you put your fingers in it, you're just putting your fingers in a pool of cheese. Oh, yeah. You'd be all oily and shit for sure. Yeah, you'd have to be careful with that. One thing about the breakfast foods that they have available, um, because this just reminds me of like, in the States, they've got a lot of different food options. But you know what they don't have? is as many breakfast options at McDonald's. Did you know this? Oh, fact? you're right. I didn't realize this. I actually stumbled upon an article from The Insider. So it was actually from a U.S. perspective. It was a reporter. And reading it blew my mind because I had no idea that perspective of somebody from the States to our Canadian McDonald's. But they had this full-blown article about how many breakfast options we have in Canada. And I never even, I don't even notice that we do. But apparently, like, we're just stacked, at least when it comes to McDonald's. And I know, like you mentioned, like, there's a bunch of different places that now do have breakfast and options for you, no matter where you are, in the States or in Canada. But I was like, what? I had no idea that they didn't have half of it. Like, they don't have the little bakery and, the, like, the, we have got the McCafe and all that nonsense. And they don't have any of it. But it's an interesting article if you want to look it up. It reminded me of you because I know that you've traveled and you will go and check out different places. And I had no idea that they had a lack of options and we had so many here. Let me get your take on this story because I know we aren't all going to agree on this. It's a court ruling that just came down over in the UK. A panel of judges has awarded a 51-year-old cashier $93,000 in compensation after everyone at her work was invited to go out for happy hour after work and have some cocktails, except for her. Uh Uh-oh. The woman reportedly only found out about this happy hour excursion because her co-workers were talking about it in front of her. Okay. She says, 
I'm mixed race and I had complained about discrimination before. Mm-hmm. The judge says that was one of the reasons people didn't want her there. But also age was a factor. Again, she's 50 plus and a lot of the employees are much younger. So because everybody went out for drinks after work and they did not invite her, she felt disrespected and quit her job. Hmm. Then she sued and won $93,000. So that's the company that has to pay up, correct? The company, yeah. Well, she can't sue each individual employee. And I guess at the end of the day, or does it? I, I don't even know. Would this fall on the employer? I mean, it wasn't a work-organized trip. That's the, that's the thing that gets me. And look, I totally understand. If you feel left out, if you're at a job, there's a lot of people that will leave the job based on feeling left out. It's not about the job itself. It's not even about management or your performance or how you feel or how they compensate you. It can be strictly about how you feel day-to-day with your colleagues. And for some people, if they're uncomfortable, they got to get out of there. We've seen it time and time again. But where I get a little foggy on this and I don't agree with it is extracurriculars or extracurriculars, if you will. Right. I mean, you and I could be like, hey, uh, the our station down the hallway here, like, hey, the morning girl still happens to be here. You guys you want to go grab a pint? Do we really have to go out of our way to include absolutely everybody and make sure? I mean, part of me thinks, yeah, absolutely. If this is stems from like bullying and a, you're, you're creating a sour environment and you're not doing any team building at all, that can be a problem. And now you know why companies do it, right? They try to do these team building things like, guys, we're going to get together and, and Scrabble tournament or we're going to just go get some drinks, whatever it is. Team building, I think it's important as an employer. I think that those things are important. But where you draw See, the line I is... That shit. I know, but where you draw... But you're being invited, right? Is all you you have to do is invite people that's true it should be optional if people don't want to show up that's the point as an employer make it known that you'd love for people to be connected be okay with it if individuals are not there's a lot of people who suffer from anxiety straight up don't even want to be around the people they work with like i could tell you countless times in jobs that i've been at where we have gotten together where i have been very social with the people i worked with and there were perhaps older people let's just say there were 50 plus and we'd be like hey we're gonna go here come and by all means we were being inclusive and they were like uh, fuck no you guys go have a good time i'm not interested that's fair like that's fair though uh, you know no. and uh, fuck no i'm not doing that i'm not going to a bar with you people no you guys are loud and annoying so yeah and that i understand i think as an employee i don't see this happening everywhere i mean this is obviously there was some form of evidence to show that the employer did diddly shit to try to make it an inclusive environment at the job as well because that's where i get foggy is it should be separate and don't be mean either, though. Like, these people could have been uh, bullies, right? These people could have been rude towards this person for any number of reasons and purposely made that person feel left out. And that's horrible if that's the case. But then, I again, I, I see two sides to it because I also see why should the employer care about the social life? Get your shit done during work hours. And whatever you do when you get out the door is your own damn business. And who you want to do stuff with is your own business. But being a kind person and being inclusive and, hey, if you and I are going out for a drink after this, inviting whoever's around, like, hey, you want to come? I think that's a nice thing to do. That's just a genuinely nice human thing to do, you know? Do you think this should fall on the company, though? Like, should the company have any oversight at all? Into what goes on outside work hours? Uh, I mean, that's, I think, part of the problem I have with this is this wasn't sanctioned. They didn't pay for it. It's just people that work together and are like minded decided, hey, we're going to go out and have a drink. One person didn't get invited, and that's wrong. I mean, nobody should feel excluded ever. That's a lot of the reason we have so many problems in this fucking world is there's a lot of people who feel like they're not part of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So that sucks that anybody feels that way. But it did happen, and I'm sure there was other ways that they could have approached it, but she just decided she wanted yeah. to quit. And I don't even really blame her for that. No. Look, if I'm Judge Cat in this situation, I need to look at everything, including what was life like for her at work, because that makes a difference for me. If it's, oh, everything's fine and dandy, and you do your work, and you pass it on to you know Joe, and Joe passes it on to Sharon, and you're all working inclusively together, fine. But then social life things get weird. Okay. But if you can prove that shit started... And it's toxic inside the workplace. That's where you might get my attention. And I might say, hey, you're a toxic workplace. Maybe you do owe her something because you made her life a living hell. And if that was the case, do you know how many people would be able to get away with suing people, companies that really don't give a shit about them? Whatever the reason might be that treat them like shit. It would happen a lot. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yesterday, holiday Monday, Premier Doug Ford went to tour some of the damage in, he went to Uxbridge yesterday. Steve Del Duca went to the Ottawa area. Doug went to Uxbridge, which was also hit really hard. And he didn't tell anybody about it. It wasn't in his daily itinerary. Although, in all fairness, the Premier doesn't often release an itinerary like the Prime Minister does. Every day, I get an email that tells me exactly what Justin Trudeau is doing the next day. We don't get that for Doug Ford. So yesterday, he was doing his election campaign stuff, but he went to Uxbridge, which is uh, northeast of Newmarket, I want to say. Okay. In and around there. And mainly because the damage was bad, did you say? Is that why he decided to go there? Was this like a last minute change or was this scheduled? No, I I think it was planned based on the storm, but they didn't tell the media about it. Okay. Most of the time. Politicians will get a little bit of credit when they go somewhere or do something and they don't tell the cameras they're going. They get credit for it because people think, okay, they did it for the right reasons, not for the attention. Let's think back to the winter we just went through. Doug got shit all over because he was digging people's cars out of the snowstorm and had cameras following him around and he was phoning into radio stations saying what he was doing. So he takes the opposite of fucking shovel. That little fucking stupid shovel. So now. Doug decides to go to Uxbridge and tour some of the storm damage, but he did not tell the media he was going, and the media was upset. They wanted, they've wanted they got a job to do. They want to cover the premier if that's their beat, and if they don't know where he is, makes it harder to cover the premier. They also wanted photos and stuff. So Sean O'Shea, who works for Global News, found out where Doug was, mm-hmm. and he went and confronted him, and it actually turned into kind of an awkward exchange. So we're going to talk just a touch about the upcoming Ontario election here. After that, we're going to talk about old people. Okay. It's actually a funny segment. But anyway, uh, this is Sean O'Shea, Global News, yesterday with Premier Doug Ford. wondering why you're not releasing your campaign schedule to the media, why you're not letting people know precisely where I, you're you know going. Something, well, I'm out there every single day. I don't know if you, you're there, but I know where are you. Global, you're there all the time. So we look That's not what I asked, sir. Well, I know, but I'm just saying I'm out every single day. Uh, you're welcome to be there. And uh, For political campaigns in Ontario for 35 years, leaders of yeah. all stripes, including sitting premiers, have yeah. released where they're going, who they're going to talk to. Why do you not do and, that? Anyways, again, I'm out every single day. I think it's a very clear message where we stand. I wanted to ask Ford about a story he never addressed before. Last summer, the party sent out fake invoices to donors. What do you think about sending out fake invoices to donors? You're here to, to yeah. people. I think, I, I think we should focus on... Well, I'm asking you specifically that, no, no, with what, respect. What we should be focusing on these people are hurting right now and you're worried about politics yeah you came out for politics with due politics. respect uh, with, I didn't so how do you, how do you feel here. about how do you feel about those anyways thank you after that two opp officers push me back ford enters his vehicle they all drive away <laughs> i uh <laughs> wow I, I think if you listen to this podcast regularly you know and understand that i am not happy with the current version of doug ford Again, though, I mean, just trying to be fair, I don't know what he did wrong or where he's thinks he's, he's going to win here. He went out and did it with the snowstorm, and uh, he wanted media attention for that, and he sure as shit got it, and people accused him of exploiting it. This time, he doesn't tell anybody where he's going, mm-hmm. and the media shits on him again. I, I really don't understand why, but I, I, I don't—with all due respect to Sean, and we do work for the same company— uh, 
I, I don't know that he was exploiting that for political purposes. He wasn't there handing out flyers or knocking on doors. He was touring the damage like the premier is expected to right. do. Uh, case in point, Steve Del Duca did the same thing-ish, except he... It was bizarre what he did because good on him for wanting to tour the damage that was done in eastern Ontario out in Ottawa. But he put out a press release saying, I'm suspending my campaign to go and tour the damage. Well, what exactly does suspend your campaign mean? Because you gave a news conference and shit all over Doug Ford while you were there. That was kind of campaigning. suspension of the campaign. And you even being there as part of the campaign. You could say I'm pausing any formal announcements for 24 to 48 hours or formal you know, uh, meetings, etc. But that's not a postponement of the campaign, necessarily, if you're out doing very politically charged things, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, it's a bit weird to me that Doug got confronted like that by Sean. And again, no disrespect to Sean. He's been doing this for a very long time. Very experienced reporter. And I'm sure he's legitimately frustrated because it's an election and he wants to cover the candidate that he's been assigned to cover. When you don't know where they're going, that makes it harder to do. But I don't know that Doug did anything wrong here. New poll is out that says the Conservatives will likely win about 81 seats. You only need 63 to form a majority government. So it looks like it's going to be a walk in the park here for Doug. And he's still doing the front runner campaign, trying to lay low, not say too much, not piss anybody off. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm wondering what it's actually going to be, because this is an election going in where I don't think anybody actually believes the polls. I don't know if it's going to be more than 81 seats, if it's going to be less, if it could be a minority government. I Mm. really don't know how this is going to turn out, but I will tell you, it's not the lock that they think it is. The more people I talk to, the more people I hear saying things like, I don't like any of them. I don't want to vote for any of these fucking people. I hear that a lot. I think the Green Party might do better than the polls expect, and I think the Conservatives might not do as well as they're expecting to do. I think there's still a lot of people that remember all the shit that happened during COVID, and they just aren't, they just aren't willing to give that, that X on their ballot to, to Doug. And, and that's fine. Obviously, you can vote for anybody you want, but I, I really think that there's going to be some, some sober second thoughts, and there's going to be a lot of uh, plug-your-nose-and-do-it kind of stuff that happens during election time i'm curious about just voter turnout generally i think more so than anything else are we going to see more because of what's happened the last couple of years are we going to see people giving up and saying fuck it i'm not even going to bother and seeing less i'm very curious about that number i think the voter turnout is going to be very low and i think that's part of the reason that the polling isn't necessarily accurate yeah Uh, the less people that come out the less votes that get cast okay all right well if you're counting on your vote to come out and support you uh, maybe doug does get 81 seats but if half the people that say they're going to vote for him think, fuck it, I'm not even going to bother. I don't really want to do it anyway. That completely changes around mm-hmm. the trajectory of this election. Sure does. My only point here, everyone, is that this is far from decided. I think a lot could still change. And we're still what, 10, 12 days away from the actual election. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to end up exactly the way the polls say it's going to. It never does. But I think this one in particular... We're going to wake up the day after the election and say, holy shit, for some reason. You think so? There's going to be some sort of a holy shit moment, either at the size of the majority or the fact that that huge forecast majority ends up actually being a minority or that the Green Party is the official opposition. And by the way, tying it back into what we talked about right back at the beginning of this episode, I'd really kind of like to see the Green Party do well. I'm not, they're not paying us or anything. I'm not here trying to earn votes for them. I just think that it would be good to have another opposition party that actually cares about green initiatives doing well there. So good luck to all of the candidates. I'm sure it'll come up again in the meantime. Uh, were you okay with how Doug handled that question, by the way, from Sean? I mean, no, no, but I guess he shouldn't, I don't know. It's a weird, that's a weird, that is an awkward situation because he wasn't necessarily, was he meant to answer questions in that time or was he just kind of bombarded in a way? Yeah. Sean again, approached him on res- the street. He, yeah. It wasn't immediate availability. Was, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, of course, straight answers are always great. I'd love to get them. You don't always get them in politics generally, but yeah, I think it was just really, I couldn't tell you because I wasn't there, but it seemed like it was just poor timing. New article. It's on dig. It is young people complaining about what old people are constantly complaining about. 
<laughs> okay. But if you complain about what people complain about, you're not complaining, right? No. No. Uh, some young people complain a lot. Okay. This is according to the old people. There's this thread here where young people are talking about the things they're sick of hearing about, mainly from old people. Okay. Number one. Number one. Don't believe everything you see on the internet. Young adults now say they're having to remind their parents about this over and over and over again. Yep. It's amazing how the roles reversed, right? Because our parents used to tell us, and now we've got to tell them. Okay, easy. Before you go too far down the rabbit hole, not everything online is legit. Yeah, you don't have to click every link and don't believe it. Even if it comes from a contact you know, doesn't mean you should click it. I've had this conversation before. Yes, indeed, it happens. Old people often complain and young people are sick of hearing it. Kids don't play outside anymore. (laughs) There is some truth to that. I think, I don't think kids go outside and play nearly as often as they used to. But let's talk about why we went outside when we were younger. We went outside because that was our entertainment. That was our social time. That was the only social outlet you really had after school, right? Was going out and I remember it very well. I lived on a street with thankfully a lot of kids around my age and that's just what we did. I would remember sitting at dinner dinner, and someone knocking on the door. Yeah, can you can can the kids come out and play? You know, say, no, we're finishing dinner. But yep, as soon as dinner's done, we that's what we did. We went outside and we played. I don't know if there's much of the same. I do see kids outside a lot, like especially that when the weather gets better. That's when you see it. Like on my street, tons of kids, kids biking and uh, going on a walk, and that's fine. But it is probably different. It's not as much of a free for all. But it's also a scarier world, and some would argue. Are uh, debatable. It's debatable. I, I think it's uh, dan- more dangerous in some ways, but less dangerous in others. I, I do sure. think, though, that uh, when it comes to outside play, so for me, yeah, I didn't have a, a, a premium Xbox membership where I could just talk to all my friends that way and actually do something yeah. with them. I would get up in the morning and knock on doors. Yep. Hey, Tommy, are you here? You want to play some road hockey? Yeah. And, and that was our morning activity. Then we'd all go home and have lunch or go to somebody's house and have lunch. Then we were out for the afternoon. You come home when the streetlights come on. That's the way it used to work. And, and there's a lot of older people that still think that kids do that or want to do that yeah. and can't understand why the current ones don't. They'd rather play their TV time and their games and their... Yeah. It's just a different way to socialize. Is, I don't think you should is. really take offense to it. I don't think there should be an offense, but I understand the concern of physical activity. That's where I understand the concern. As long as my, like for me, growing up, if, if my kid, who's already, by the way, because of her older cousin, into Minecraft and just learning how and figuring out Minecraft, which is fine. There's educational additions. I'm good with it. But let's say my kid is really into that and wants to play that after school. I'd be like, that's fine, but you're also getting your exercise in. Like we're also going for a walk. We're going for a bike ride first, and then you can do that that's still a social time. If you're online with your friends, I understand that's a social time as well. And the world has changed in that way. And at the same token, I, I mean, I, I know you're safe inside the house and there's something to that for me that gives me a little, it makes me feel okay too. It's amazing because your kids, when they start going out on their own, you're going to worry a lot, but they will likely have a cell phone or be with someone who has one. Mm-hmm. They're going to be incredibly easy to track to trace, to reach, to have contact with, communication with, and you're still going to worry like crazy. When we were younger, or when I was younger anyway, uh, my mom had absolutely no fucking idea where I was. She saw me in the morning when I had a quick bowl of life cereal, and maybe at lunch, maybe not. If I wasn't going to come home from lunch, I had to go to somebody's house and call. That was it until the lights came on. I could have been in in a ditch somewhere. She'd have no fucking idea until the lights came on and I didn't come home. Yeah, see, I did have, I mean, it wasn't until high school, but I did have a cell phone and I do remember that was part of the deal and I had to pay for the texts. Remember we all did. But that's, I had to text my my parents or call my parents and let them know where I was. But it started to kind of, the leash kind of started to loosen a little bit at that time. Kids don't know how to fix anything. Except when it comes to technology. Okay, but that's very important too. I think that that's a good thing. If you're able to fix something technically, I think that that's good. I mean, I don't think they don't know how to fix something. There's more resources than ever before to fix something. If, uh, well, just last week I was doing some work in the yard and again, the chain came off the chainsaw. 
I had to YouTube how to put a chain back on a chainsaw. And that's fine. I didn't know how to fix it. I just looked it up because I didn't really want to pay to have to take it in somewhere and Mm -hmm. get that done or throw it out and buy a new one. But in some cases, it's easier just to throw it out and buy a new one. And in some cases, it's even cheaper. Why do people keep buying ink cartridges when you can just get a new printer that comes with ink cartridges? <laughs> ink's, ink's stupid. Stupid shit like no, that. for sure. In, in this day and age, does a, a person really need to know how to change their own oil? No, it doesn't really get much cheaper than it already is to have a professional do it. I mean, there's little things. Yeah, I don't like that argument just because for me, everybody's different. But for me, time can be money too. So if if you're saying, oh, you learn how to do your own oil change. Okay, so I'm taking all the time to learn that and hopefully learn it properly from a professional and go through the motions. And then when it is time to change my oil, I do that. Or time, again, is money for me. So if I go ahead to Kitchener Honda and I drop my car off there and then that gives me time to do what I got to do, other things in life, and there's a million of them, that to me is valuable. So I'm okay not learning it. It doesn't make me any less than, and I don't think it makes anyone else less than to not learn something if they do have a solution to it. And I know some people don't like hearing that. Well, you should still figure it out. Why? Why should we still figure it out? Why should I figure out how to fix my phone when I can go down to the Apple store when I get a chance and get them to fix it? Why do I need to learn this? I don't really think it's going to matter for me. What would you say to someone who's out for a bike ride and they blow a tire? Mm -hmm. Tire's gone. Ah, oh, let's get a new bike. Fuck it. I don't want to buy a new inner <laughs> well, I mean, tube and have to put the, the tube on the tire. They've got and- places that'll, again, they got places that'll fix it. And hey, I'm supporting local if I do that too. I go to a local place that fixes bikes and I'm like, here, fix this shit. And you're going to, I'm going to pay you for this service because you do know what you're doing. I also see it as like a good economical thing, right? We're all helping people help with their businesses. We're people helping people. That's good. Why not? I'm good. I'm glad I don't know how to fix this tire here. I'll drop my bike off. You fix the shit. I'm going to give you money for it. Way to go. Good for you. I'm back can on we the al- road. Can we also talk, though, about the fact that not all old people know how to fix shit either? I can't tell you how many times my dad would try and fix something and fuck it up even worse. And then we had to wait for someone to come over and properly fix it. Just because you took a shot at fixing it doesn't mean you can fix it necessarily. Sure. So sometimes it's easier just to get it right the first time. Just replace it. Kids just want to drink and go to parties these days. What? I don't even think that's true. I don't think they want to party at all. I don't think that's all. true at all. No. I don't. That is a weird time right now. Y- you guys were the ones that were putting 3,000 people in a fucking nightclub yeah. three nights a week. Give me a fucking break. Those raves that they had in the, the all the shit that they'd have in the forest parties and bush everything. Party. A bush party. nonstop. Give me a break. We all, every generation did it or does it. Yes. To an extent. But I don't think one is worse off than the other one. I really don't. Now, sure, it's been become kind of scary with the drugs. Kind of scared with the drugs. Do I sound like a real millennial now? I said those kids and the drugs. That does scare me though. There's a lot of laced shit and stuff out there, and I don't know what's what and what to even tell my kids one day to look for or not look for on it. So there's that. But aside from that, people are who cares? Young people are going to party. Let them let them go through the motions and make the mistakes. Everybody parties. Everybody does. We just do it differently. Differently. We go to bed at like 11 o'clock, but we'll still party from 8 p.m. to then. Okay? Yeah. Kids need to start saving if they ever want to buy a house. Mm. Okay. End that fucking argument right now because it's just not true. That's an old school, ridiculous attitude that, oh, if you just work hard and save up your money, you'll be able to afford a house. No, it doesn't work like that anymore. That, again, stop. The amount of money. That someone would have to save mm-hmm. the amount of years they would have to work to earn the money that they have to save to buy a house. It's not attainable. It's not. Uh, if you want to talk savings as in, uh, oh, yeah, my grandparent died and left me 50 grand and then uh, the, their grandparent died and left them 50 grand together. We've got 100 grand. It's going to cost you 100 grand. To even get into a house for the privilege Mm -hmm. of making a mortgage payment with constantly rising interest rates. It's not like that anymore. Set aside 15% of your paycheck and then when it's time to move out, you can afford your own house. It doesn't work like that anymore. I would edit that. I would edit that completely and say, learn how to be financially stable with whatever way that means to you. Don't don't be stupid with your money. That's it. Not, save up, get a house, gotta do it. That is very old school. Why aren't you married yet? Oh, for fuck's sake. People still do that, don't they? All the time. I think they do. But I don't think it's people. I I, I never ask any of my friends, hey, how come you're not married yet? Because I understand that we're all in a different circumstance and at different places in our lives. And some people just don't want to get married. Mm -hmm. It used to be a very old school thing that, 
Well, you're 18. You should find a serious find, boyfriend or find girlfriend. Find somebody. And then, you know, you should do the dating and then you should get married and then you should have kids and then you should buy a house and it should all be in place by the time you're 30 years old. It's not like that anymore. It's also rude to ask somebody that. Why aren't you married? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know a lot of young people, but I mean, key is this is about older people doing it and I could see it happening. I know a lot of, oh, if I want to be a grandparent, you better get on it. Like that shit boils. You know, it does. It boils my fucking blood. It Mm -hmm. does. I can't stand it. Here's another one from the list. Young people don't like it when old people constantly complain that kids today are too sensitive. I mean, oh, okay. I see this. I see this a lot online. I see comments about this online. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's case by case. It really mm-hmm. depends. I mean, it, if you're talking about the changing attitudes of society, that's not necessarily people being too sensitive. It's for people being brought up to think that, for example, we're all equal. And then they see somebody not getting treated equally. And older people have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. Mm -hmm. They really do. Uh, Younger people, again, and it's case by case, too sensitive is very subjective. Like, did you, are you going to lose your mind tonight at the finale, the series finale of This Is Us? I would never call you too sensitive for losing your mind at a TV show. If you uh, uh, freak out, for example, over inequalities or injustices, I don't blame you. I don't think that's you being too sensitive. But older people see it that way, and I don't get it. Nobody wants to be told to um, uh, just save more money and you'll be able to buy a house. No, if you get an adverse reaction, it's because the world has changed and you haven't realized that the world has changed. And Mm -hmm. it's not like we're back in the day where you could put $5,000 down on a house. And I think that this is where the younger generations, which I would say anything below boomers, I think is what we're talking about here. Anybody younger than boomers, is that where we're at, basically? Mm -hmm needs to listen to this and recognize this and realize this. Because we're saying all this now about older people, which I'd probably put at Boomer and above. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like 60 plus. We're saying like Boomer, okay? So, and the Boomers are, there's a lot of Boomers that aren't, do not follow this list. So do not freak out if you're a Boomer because we've talked about Boomers before and then we get messages and it, it not we should not paint everybody with the same brush. We know that that's the case. But what I will say is, as the younger people who are listening hear all of this, if you get pissy about it, remember this. Remember that the world always changes. Mm-hmm. The world will continue to evolve. We're going to see differences in everything we're talking about now change over the next 20 years. Don't be the person caught up on the way it should be, the way it will be, the way it is, because it's, I mean, it is a pattern. It's going to happen though. There's going to be like, oh, the Gen Xers think this, and then it's going to be the millennials think this, and then fucking years from now, it's going to be Gen Zers think this. World's always evolving. Try your best to have an open mind about it, and if you don't like something, you don't have to necessarily participate in it, but complaining That you can go without. Just this morning, I had a text exchange with a listener to our FM radio show. And he wanted to know, I was talking about fireworks. And I've evolved on that. I used to think fireworks was great. And I'd be that guy pulling off to that big fat boy fireworks stand in the parking lot of the plaza. And getting a whole bunch of these and that. And blow like $300 on fireworks for 10 minutes of entertainment. And then I realized, this is a total fucking waste of money. It's not good for the environment. There's nothing sustainable or reusable about them. I'm scaring the shit out of people's dogs and waking up their kids and the wildlife. I don't even want to know what the wildlife think when Mm -hmm. they hear this constant bang, 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 bang going Mm off. Kids are using them as a fucking weapon at Woodbine Beach in Ashbridge's Bay in Toronto. I, I don't understand why we're still doing this. I don't. Yeah. It's one thing to have a fireworks display at Canada's Wonderland. All right, you've got a big group of people, and they can do some pretty impressive stuff with fireworks. I mean, th- the shows are cool. But for the average Joe Blow that's just going to go out and buy that little party pack for 60 bucks, and the show's over in 10 minutes but they burn their neighbor's house down. I don't understand why we're still doing that. I, I really don't. And, and a mes- the message from the listener was, when did stuff change? Why are, are fireworks all of a sudden bad for dogs? I used to light off fireworks as a kid, and I never heard these complaints before. And it's true. Maybe you didn't hear those complaints before. I wasn't even aware of the complaints until I myself realized this is kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, well, don't forget, social media does take, make a big impact on how we see things and how we find out people like or don't like things. Right. And once that 
really became the norm to go on social media and complain. And I saw it in all the Facebook groups this weekend, by the way. Hey, to whoever lit up the fireworks of this, thanks a lot for scaring blah. Thanks for doing it at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Like, fuck you kind of thing. So you hear of it and you see it a lot more. It's not new. It's absolutely not new. I mean, growing up, I had a dog, a miniature schnauzer, scared absolutely shitless from them. We had to put her into the in the basement. And basically, one of us had to sleep down there with her so she wouldn't hear the fireworks. It was horrible. She'd shake her whole body. We were worried she was going to have a seizure. Like, it was terrible. I, I hated them then and I hate them now. I hate them now for many different reasons. I would love it if we had more companies who would produce these drone shows, for example, because I understand you want a show, and I agree with you, by the way, Wonderland, Disney, the way that they do it, great. You have people all in the same area. You know what's happening and you know what time it is. The problem with all these neighborhood fireworks going off is you can't really control when they're, when they're going to go off. It's very decent of someone to let you know, by the way, in your neighborhood, like, hey, we pulled together. You're welcome to join. It's at you know 8 p.m. this time, just so you know. Great. Giving people a heads up is nice. That said, though, I mean, I'd love to see more of those drone shows because they're fantastic, well put together, quiet. They're still beautiful. Uh, there's a lot you can do with it. I do find fireworks to be wasteful. Never really been a huge fan of them just generally. I mean, even as a kid, I remember seeing them. And I remember thinking, like, again, because I grew up with a dog that shook every single freaking time. I thought, this is scary. What other animals are shaking right now? And, of course, then I grew older and I had kids. And I understood that whole thing, too. Thanks a lot. My baby goes to sleep at six. You guys are lighting off fireworks. Now I have to worry about her hearing them. I got to put the noise machine on. That doesn't work. It's a shit show. And now I doing a morning show. Same thing. I mean, I heard them last night. It wasn't even that late, but it still was. It was still irritating to me to have to listen to them at 1030. It was. I mean, I'm not a fan of fireworks. That's me. If you light off fireworks during the day, you're an idiot. Well, that too. I mean, yeah, I, I heard them going off you at like day? five, six really? in the evening. Yeah. Why? You understand what the point of them is, right? It's to illuminate the night sky. Why would you light them off during the day? You don't even get the full effect. They were a waste of money to begin with, and you just made them even more of a waste of money. It's because they wanted to include everyone, and the kids got to go to bed early. And it, That's a prime indicator, by the way. If your kid's going to bed early, maybe you don't need to do it after the fact. I'm just saying. Toronto police say they made more than a dozen arrests after chaos broke out. Over the long weekend that left multiple people, including police officers, injured. Police say crowds of people were setting off fireworks at Woodbine Beach and Ashbridge's Bay on Sunday night. Also pointing them at each other and using them as a projectile. Mm. There were reports of a shooting, a stabbing, two robberies at gunpoint. Seven officers were among the wounded and 17 arrests have been made so far as we report. Oh, I feel for the police officers working that. What do you do, right? Like, hey, you're getting a call out to the beach. Fucking right. We, Let's go. We've all done stupid shit, though. Going back to what we said before, it's true. We've all been there. We've done stupid shit. If fireworks, I can even think of a memory where fireworks were included in that stupid shit. But this is, this is insanity. This is insanity. This is next level. While we're talking Toronto for a sec, the city has announced they're closing Young Street between Front and Lakeshore. That's a decent stretch for emer- emergency road work. The closure is expected to last for at least three days as crews work to find and address a large flow of groundwater under under the intersection of Young and the Esplanade. Hmm. The westbound Gardner Expressway Young Street exit is also going to be closed. They say they will clearly mark the detours. Um, What if you happen to own a condo at Young and the Esplanade? Are you going to sink into fucking Lake Ontario? I'd be worried. How did that groundwater get there? I mean, I'd be a little worried about it. I'd raise a concern or two about that. Sure. What in the action? Imagine that. You're sitting there. You're looking out your balcony. Oh, cool. Scotiabank Arena. Oh, cool. There's Old City Hall. Oh, fuck. Are we sinking? What's going on? (laughs) There's a river. Wait a minute. A river's not supposed to be there. Check the map again. That's not right. Uh, Last but certainly not least, Pfizer now says three doses of their COVID vaccine will largely protect children younger than five from getting seriously ill. Pfizer plans to give the data to U.S. regulators later this week. Preliminary data suggests the three-dose series is 80% effective in preventing symptomatic (laughs) COVID-19. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what point I'm at. Okay. I hear Pfizer study kids. I'm just like I. I'm okay. I. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter what you say. You know, we've all been through shit and hell. 
a lot of kids have already gotten sick with it. And I feel like parents are just like up to here hearing about this information. I know there's some people that will hear that and they're like, great. I got a plan. This works. This will be great once this is approved and this goes through. I'm doing it. I'm following that science. When are the clinics opening? But there's others uh, like myself who just hear that and go, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, that's just me being honest. I'm just going, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, but we were also told like over 90% effective when the f- shots first came out. And I think a lot of us have realized now if it even was 90, mm. it certainly isn't 90 for very long because it does wear off. And that's why you've got to keep going in to get more shots. Uh-huh. And for Pfizer, maybe this is a, a new strategy because they sold us on one. You might need two. And then it was, OK, if you've got two, you're good, but you should get a third. And we're going to roll out a fourth and fifth. All right, fine. Then people have got decisions to make. When it came to young people, I thought one would be good, maybe two, and then you're fully protected. Now they're saying three, so maybe they're being more upfront. But now they're saying three, and it's only 80% effective. Yeah. So if the 90 wasn't as effective as 90, the 80 is probably not as effective as 80. Three shots for, what, six, seven out of 10 chance that they won't get symptoms? Can we just get it organized here? Like, can we not, can we decide here, Pfizer, what's happening with these shots? Or is this a yearly shot? You know, are you going to change course like you do for uh, flu, for example? Of course, you predict the strain, you go for it, you get your flu shot. There's a lot of people that that live by that rule, that do it. That's great. Good on you. Fine. When is it just going to turn into that, Scott? Why do we need to call four, five, six shots? Why are we even going there? Why is this not a, just a yearly shot? Guys, come the fall, you're going to want to get your shot and then just adjust it based on the strain. And I'm not going to pretend like I know why, because I don't. But I'm seriously asking, like, because it seems so discombobulated and uh, awkward. And I'm not even sure what shot number I'm on at this point. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're offering a sixth. Is that different from the fourth or the third? Like, I, what is happening right now? And now you're saying for kids, there's a third and the thing and it's this percentage. And it's confusing. It's discombobulated. Get fucking organized and, and figure out what we should be doing. And according to you, not according to what we're actually going to be doing, but at least... Like, to me, it's just such a disorganized mess that I don't care to hear what they have to say. I don't. If they came out with a monkeypox vaccine, would you take- <laughs> what does that go on my hand or how does that work? I, I didn't even talk about it on the radio today. I didn't yeah, talk about it we once did, we did because avoid- it's so ridiculous <laughs> that I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I don't think it. we need to worry about it is the key, right? No. No. And if we do end up needing to worry about it, you can come back to this podcast and prove us wrong. But I truly don't believe we need to be too worried about it. But it did get brought up several times this long weekend. I was with a bunch of different groups of people, friends and family included. Monkeypox got brought up every time, Scott. It's kind of a jokey thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it is. It but is. Compared to COVID, this is like Monkeys. scraping your knee. Bye. You know, it's really not that big a deal. Hey. But then the World Health Organization's holding an emergency meeting. Oy, and oy. Uh, I don't know what's coming next. All right. We got to roll, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. It is a four-day work week. And if this feels good, if this feels good to you, just remember... We could all be doing this mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Four-day work week, everybody. Come Keep it in co- mind. Drink the Kool-Aid. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Come. You work a little harder today, a little harder tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, and boom, you get a long weekend every weekend, and it should totally be that way. It'd be so good for us and much better for the environment. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. NASA has opened an investigation after an astronaut was floating outside the International Space Station and his helmet started filling up with water. They knew something was wrong when the astronaut was like, (laughs) An attendant on a Frontier Airlines flight helped deliver a passenger's baby while heading to Florida. Because on Frontier, it's not even worth asking if anyone on board is a doctor. Paramount Plus announced they are making a new Yellowstone prequel series that will star Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. The 79-year-old Ford will play a wealthy ranch owner while the 76-year-old Mirren will play his grandmother. Everybody has to congratulate Ramon Sullivan, the Florida woman who celebrated her 100th birthday a couple of weeks ago by skydiving. Asked what it felt like to float in the sky like she had wings. She said, foreshadowing. Hey uh, guys, get this. A new lawsuit is accusing McDonald's and Wendy's of exaggerating the size of their burgers in ad campaigns. <laughs> yeah, the lawsuit is the people who have too much time on their hands versus McDonald's and Wendy's. 
the After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. 